So it occurred to me today, what would I do if I had to start all over again? So for a lot of you that may be listening to this, you might be starting out for the first time. You might be getting back up on your feet. The road of entrepreneurship is a hard one and it has a lot of falling in it. You fall a lot, you get back up, you dust yourself off and you get started again. So in the event that would happen, this is what I would do. I have lots of experience because I've fallen so many times and because I've repeated the same mistakes again and again, you fail to realize how hard-headed you can be until you're faced with situations that make you prove it by making all these mistakes that you made before again. Even though you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've got this figured out now, I won't make that mistake again. But then you find yourself down the road falling into old habits and making the same mistakes again. For instance, a lot of people think that because they're doing busy work, like they get up in the morning, they have their cup of coffee and breakfast, maybe they go for a run, and they come back and they sit at the machine, and then they start to work on their website, or they start to tune up their social media, or they start to spend time on social media, which is terrible. Spending time on social media for business should be something that takes you maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day. You get in, you get out, you make sure that your presence is felt by you sharing content, and then you're out of there because it's a super time waste. But a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm working. Or they'll spend time splitting the attention between watching YouTube videos while they're trying to get some work done. Terrible, super unproductive. And so a lot of this is considered work, but it's really not work right? In order for you to be working, you have to be in a concentrated environment. You have to be in an environment where you're allowed to actually spend 10 to 15 minutes uninterrupted so that you can then find yourself in a zone and begin to create, begin to work on your business. And you'll be amazed as to how fast you'll actually get things done when you are in this zone of concentration. Another big mistake, and these days I'm sure it's a lot harder is the fact that you work from home. A lot of entrepreneurs work from home, start out at home, and then they have so many interruptions throughout the day that they don't really get anything done. And they find themselves having to wait till late into the evening to try and get some work done. And by that time you're spent, or at least most of us are, right? Maybe you're different, you have some tons of energy at night, I don't know. But in general, by the time the evening comes around, your brain is not working at its maximum level, okay? You get the most out of your brain right around 4.30 in the morning. Between 4.30 and 6 a.m., that's a great window of time to really get some work done. Most people are sleeping. There's no interruptions. You're just waking up. Your brain is firing on all cylinders, and you can really get some stuff done. This is why successful CEOs and billionaires and things like that, they're all up at 4 a.m., they're all up at 4.30 getting work done. So bringing it back in, the things that you want to do are things that are continually going to grow your business. So I'm going to take it from the perspective of you got laid off your job, you were just about to get started in your business, and you lost your job. Now you have no money, you have no job, you got to start all over. Here's what I would do. I would go out and I would get myself, regardless of what my career previously was, if you can go out and get another job in your current career, 
great. But if you really want to focus on building a business, I would focus on spending my time around activities that are going to make me a better entrepreneur. I've said before, business is about sales. There's two elements to business. One is you have to identify a problem and then you have to offer a solution to the problem and then people give you money, okay? They give you money when you present your solution. The second part of business is you have to be good at persuading people to give your solution a chance, to buy your product or service, to try it out, to give you an opportunity by giving you money and then you have the opportunity to now help them solve their problem. That in a nutshell is all of business. Regardless of industry, regardless of whether it's product or service, that is basically all of business. If you can remember those things, those simple things, business is finding a problem and providing a solution, and the other side of business is persuading people to try your solution, okay? If you can understand that, you can avoid so much pain, so many pitfalls that you'll normally fall into because you get emotional about ideas. You get attached to businesses. You want to do these things that are in your head, these dreams. But if you lose sight of the fact that you have to find a problem and solve it and then persuade people to try your solution, then you're already off the rails. It's going to be very hard for you to be successful if you cannot understand and bring together those two principles. Okay. So because those two principles are what rule business, right? Whether or not you recognize that, it's just water's wet. You jump out of a two-story building, gravity's going to catch you. Those are just facts. You know what I mean? You can't get around it. You can't get away from that. And so once you've accepted that, then what you need to do is you need to go out and focus on getting good at those things. So how do you do that? Very simply, you go out and you get yourself a job in sales. Now, I know many of you will hear that and go, what? No, I hate doing sales. It's the whole used car salesman thing and salespeople are sleazy and salespeople are liars and this and that and the other thing. And yes, there are those people in the world. But I want you to know that regardless of whether or not you think you're good at sales, you already do sales every day. You do sales whenever you tell a friend about a movie that you liked and they should check it out. You do sales all the time when you're talking with family and friends or coworkers and you're saying, hey, I tried this new restaurant, the food was great. You do sales when you're trying to convince your spouse or your loved one or whoever it may be to go with you someplace when they're saying, oh, I don't really wanna go, and then you go into that convincing mode of trying to get them to actually go, right? That's sales. So all of these activities where you're trying to convince someone of something, regardless of what it is, if you're trying to get your boss to give you a raise, whatever it is that you're doing when you're trying to convince someone, you're selling. So why be resistant to the idea of selling when selling is something that comes natural to human beings, right? We want to persuade people over to our way of seeing the world. We want people to do things our way, to see things our way, and to join us in the activities we find interesting and good. So all of that is sales. And because that's the case, transitioning from doing it on a personal level to doing it on a professional level, the only thing getting in your way from that is the idea that you've been sold that all salesmen are sleazy, that selling is lying, 
that selling is bad. So we have to overcome that thought, right? We have to put it in perspective. There are good salesmen and there are bad salesmen. When you're trying to sell from an unethical point of view, yeah, selling is terrible. If you're trying to sell someone something they don't need, if you're just trying to get their money, if the only reason that you're selling is to serve yourself, then that's bad. Selling is bad in that regard. But if you're selling because this person does have this problem, and I know that this solution I'm offering will help them with that problem, then that's good. As long as you can go out and sell something that you understand is a win-win, both for the customer and the company, you should have no issue with selling. So that's my thing about selling. It's the number one skill that will always ensure you can feed yourself, you can have shelter, you can have transportation. It's the number one skill for you to take care of the bills, being able to sell. You can go anywhere in the world, and as long as you can speak the language, you can get a job, or you can open a business, and you can make money because selling, that's what it provides you. The next thing I would go about doing is I would learn how to do copywriting. So copywriting is not what you're thinking when someone owns a song. That's copyright law. Copywriting is writing in a manner that is persuasive. So it's basically selling through words, right? Selling on paper or selling on a website, selling through an ad. You learn the skill of being able to say things in a way that persuade people to give your solution an opportunity. So whatever it is that you're offering, you want people to give you a shot. So you present things in a way in which it interests them. See, we're not trying to convince people, we're trying to direct them. If you're trying to convince people of what it is that you have to sell, then that may not be the solution for them. But if you can simply take their need, the problem they already have, and direct it to the solution that you provide, then that's good and ethical selling. And that's what copywriting allows us to do. It allows us to be able to focus attention on a need and a solution. So the person has a problem, they know they have that problem, and now you put your ad in front of them and you're letting them know, hey, I recognize your problem, are you going through this and this? And they're gonna be like, this person's talking to me, they're in my head, and you're like, we can solve that problem with this and this. That's copywriting in a nutshell. And if you get good at it, and there's great ways to get started, I recommend you check out the Gary Halbert letter. It's a uh, website from a famous copywriter who has now passed, but he was gracious enough to leave a ton of educational content on his website in perpetuity for free. So I highly recommend that website if you wanna get a good idea as to how a master copywriter does his craft. And there are tons of books out there. I also like a guy called Neville Medora. Shout out to Neville Medora. And he makes it very simple. He's got a, a cool book about that. You can check him out on Amazon. And so if you can master sales, you don't even have to master it. You just have to be decent. If you can be decent at sales, if you can be decent at copywriting, and then finally the last step is if you can get proficient at pay-per-click advertising, and what's pay-per-click? Pay-per-click is simply you see an ad online. When you click on it, the company that is putting that ad in front of you pays for that click. So whenever you're on Facebook and you see an ad and you click on it, the company that is promoting their product with that ad had to pay Facebook for that click. 
That's pay-per-click advertising. It doesn't matter the platform. You can do it on Google. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on any search engine. You can do it anywhere. It's all the same. Some of it is interruption advertising. So if it's on like your Facebook feed or if it's on YouTube, that's interruption pay-per-click, right? And some of it is search-based. So if you go on Google or if you go on Bing and you start to look up a term, the first few results that you'll see in the search results are usually ads. And you'll go and you'll click on that and then the person pays for that click. The owner of that ad pays for the click. And that's the way that you draw traffic to your website, to your business. So what you wanna do is you wanna create an ad that is persuasive, that speaks to the problem the person has and you want to put it on the search engines and you want to put it on the social media channels so that the people who have these issues, you can present that ad to them. And when they click on it, you are now drawing customers in. So it's almost as if you had a shop and you got a guy standing outside directing people into the shop saying, hey, do you got this problem? Yeah. All right. Come into the shop. We've got that solution. And so that's what pay-per-click advertising basically does for you. So if you can master these three skills then you will basically always be able to write your own check. You won't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to pay the light bill? Or, oh, how do I go buy that bigger house? Or how do I go on that vacation? Or how do I pay for my kid's college? Go out, learn how to do sales, build your business while you hold down a job. And then when the business gets big enough to eliminate the job, then you get rid of the job. So this way you never find yourself broke and making desperate decisions. Very bad for an entrepreneur to be doing that. So you go out, you get yourself a sales job. Then you start learning copywriting. Then you start learning about pay-per-click advertising. The majority of these efforts will lead to something that is essential, and that is list building, right? So you're not going to advertise all the time and get people to buy from you immediately. That's more of the area of e-commerce, and that works good. But even with e-commerce, you still want to build a list. And by list, I mean an email list. The reason being is because most advertising costs you money. But if you build an email list, the only money you'll spend is to maintain the email list on a month-to-month -month basis in your account. And that's way cheaper than advertising. The other side of it is, as you have this email list, you're going to be able to market them. You're going to be able to market them regularly. Send them messages, send them emails of value, things that they are going to find valuable, things that are going to be good for them. They're going to read it and they're going to look forward to seeing your emails. That takes work. That's where the copywriting comes in. You want to be able to write to them in a way that they're like, oh, this is great content. This is really good stuff. And so then when you come around after you've been giving them all this good content, you say, hey, guys, I have this offer over here. Here's this coupon code. Hey, I got a deal going and a bunch of them buy from you. So you can figure that if you start out with these steps, like I'm saying, you'll have a job, it's polishing you up on your sales. You'll be learning copy, then you'll be learning pay-per-click advertising. So now you're gonna start drawing in customers to your offers. And then those customers are gonna give you their email addresses. Even if they never buy anything from you, they'll still take whatever lead magnet you offer. Lead magnet being a cheat sheet, or a video, or some kind of a report, or a short ebook, whatever the case may be. 10 tips, this and that, your newsletter. Once you're able to market to them regularly, and you do this in a voice that they can connect with, now 
you can sell to these people for years and years. I've been on some email lists 10 years. And over those 10 years, I obviously have bought products. Most people do this. There is definitely some email list that you've been a part of that you've given them money before and you still haven't stopped them from sending you more email, right? That's the way that works. And with these essential skills, it doesn't matter what really goes on in the world around you because regardless of where you are and regardless of what's happening, you can always be sure that your business will be successful. So I hope that was valuable to you. I hope that's able to help you and get you clear-minded on what you actually need to be focusing on. And I look forward to hearing about the results you have by implementing these things. So I'll talk to you soon and have a blessed day.